You know, I don't even like exactly know how to start this uh, with a good morning, good evening, whatever. But what I will say is that this is starting for us in the evening. So I'm going to say good evening. Uh, my name is Jared, and this is my dad, Steve Curtis. He's pastor of Southeast Community Church. And, and we decided, your father. And, and my father, <laughs> and my father. Um, yeah, there's that too. And so what we've decided to do is to sit down and, and have a conversation concerning some of the scriptures uh, that you use in your sermon and to spend a little time to kind of walk through and discuss the things that are going on in it, maybe um, spend some more time on little pieces of it that you don't necessarily get to on a Sunday morning uh, because, uh, quite frankly, you're given, you know, 40 minutes or so to to open up whatever the scriptures are that you have in front of you at that time, um, where we can kind of just sit here and, and stroll through it. Yeah, and, and, uh, and cover what we want or what we think is important at the time, and uh, maybe just leave some of the others for another time. So. Yeah, and so uh, tonight's conversation stems from Galatians uh, chapter 5 that you just recently preached on as your um, talking about uh, kind of making a membership, I don't say membership push, but really opening up the importance of church membership, what it means to be a part of the body, an active part of the body, um, a contributing and growing part of the body. Uh, and so we're going to spend some time talking about that tonight. And now for anybody that's not real familiar with the book of Galatians, we know this is one of Paul's first letters, uh, if not the first letter. We know that it was written somewhere in the, around the time of A.D. 50, and it's actually Paul's only letter to a number of churches in an area versus one particular church, like one city church. Um, so we're picking up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Galatians chapter 5, and I believe you said we're starting in verse, is it 11? Verse um, 13, actually. 13, that's what it is, 13. 13. We'll start out with 13 through 15. Uh, let me give a little background before you did give the background of the book, but in this section, Paul is concerned because the church has allowed uh, a force to infiltrate them called the Judaizers. And what they were, I'm just going to paraphrase this, what they were basically saying is, is uh, yeah, to, to, to be a believer or to know Christ is wonderful, but for that to happen, you must first be a Jew. So you must go through, if you're a Gentile, you must go through some Jewish rituals and some Jewish uh, uh, laws, obey all of that, and then trust Christ as well. And so Paul begins to address that and uh, tell them that, you know, you just left, you know, the strictness of the law to the freedom of Christ. And so that's what he starts here. He's letting them know that, that you don't have to live in bondage to the law if you know Christ. That doesn't mean the law is not important, but the law is fulfilled in Christ. Right, gotcha. And so, uh, do you want me to go ahead and start? Yeah, yeah, let's, okay. let's start rolling. Okay, uh, Paul, uh, Paul says this, and he's speaking to the church of Galatia, and he says, for you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And I, and I brought out Sunday that this, he, what Paul does is say, and wait a minute, you're not called to bondage. You're not called to, uh, to go back to the law and allow the, you know, yourself to be ruled by the law. But now you're free. 
you're free in Christ. And I took a few minutes and explained what freedom was. Freedom isn't doing what you want to do. That leads to slavery. In fact, in the book of Judges, in the last verse of the book of Judges, it says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. In the book of Judges, uh, if you read that book, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible yeah. book, you know, and what <laughs> happens in it. And so, um, but Paul says, you're called to freedom. Again, that doesn't mean so you can do whatever you want, but it does give us the ability to say, are we going to serve God? Or are we going to serve ourselves? You know, you know, our following of Christ needs to be used for the purpose of serving others. And uh, so that's, he starts out with that kind of freedom that we're called to this kind of freedom. Well, and if you step back a little bit in it, Paul gets pretty graphic um, about how he feels <laughs> about those that are pushing the, the idea that, you know, you have to do jump these certain hoops and then you'll be uh, savable. Really, it really is, is what the Judaizers are talking. They're what they're teaching. They're saying that, do this, do this, do this, and then God can Save show his right. grace and mercy right. upon you right. because you did all of these things. And and Paul says something right before, like I said, it's, it's pretty graphic, but the picture that he's giving us is this. So, so one of the practices that they were talking about is circumcision, and they're preaching that, okay, well, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you're going to be saved, you're going to be a Christian, then you have to go through this circumcision as well. And Paul says, I just assume those guys just clean deal, like the whole thing, right? And and, he, and so his point being is that, you know, if you're going to do damage in the name of, in the name of the law, then just go ahead and, like, I mean, he's, he's like super graphic, like, you know, just go ahead and, and, and totally injure yourself in this, in this horrible way. And then goes on to, to say that it's, that is a freedom that the tie between, and really trying to talk about this without getting <laughs> graphic, but, but what he, what he's saying is this, is that locking yourself to the law is that you might as well cause that more damage, like totally damage yourself. He says, totally emasculate themselves. I wish they would do that because the simple act, the physical act that you're talking about doing is no more going to save you than if you just went ahead and, and totally emasculated well, and yourself. This is, this is how bad it gets on, in his opinion. He, he says when you do this, when you, when you try to add this, these rituals and these laws and, and these, act, you know, these circumcision or whatever, he says, he says you are perverting basically the gospel. Yeah. You have changed the gospel. And he goes on to say, I'm not, I have to go look at the verse, but he says, if anyone preach another gospel, let him be accursed or damned. Damned, yeah. A real uh, clear message there. So what he's doing here is he's saying the church is being polluted. You were not called to, you know, to go through all of these different things anymore. You're called to be free in Christ. So use that freedom to serve one another. Well, and, and what's really important is to understand what the purpose of the law prior to this was anyway, right? So when we walk through, when we walk through the, the Old Testament, we understand that, that God is using his law for a couple of reasons. One, he's separating his people from the other nations. Two, he's laying out a framework to help mankind understand the severity of the gap between them and God. 
right? You have sinned, and the only way that we can even interact is for these for these what seem to be very extreme laws. But when you look at the the two parties that it concerns, it's not as extreme as one might think. You know, we're talking about the God of the universe that created everything, that spoke everything into existence, and then sinful man. So through the law, God says these are the things that have to happen so that we can even have, that we can have any little bit of communion together. So then what Paul, what Paul says is, well, why do you want to go back to this when Jesus fulfilled it? And not only do you not have to do all of these different steps to just be around God, right? Because when we look at the Old Testament, God dwelled among his people, but he did it in a, in a tabernacle, right? And then he did it eventually in the temple, but he didn't, he dwelt among them, but he didn't dwell in them, right? Right. And so Paul's saying, well, what Jesus did, that, that's not an issue anymore. Like, so, so why do you want to go back to just having dwelling around God versus having him dwell in you? And then the law. Is, is an interesting, we're not going to spend a whole, I don't think we may end up spending a whole time around, <laughs> but the law's purpose really was never to save anybody. Right. It was to show show them what a mess uh, we already are. The law it, it does a wonderful job of showing me that I can't keep it and that, and that it, and nobody can keep it. I can't even keep up. I can't even keep my own idea of what the law is, right. you know. So, so the the truth of the matter here here is that the law was never given for salvation. Never, you know. Jesus said, "I came to fulfill the law," you know. Uh, but the law was given. I think he says somewhere. I think it's chapter three where he says it's like a King James uses the term a schoolmaster. It mm-hmm. shows us that we are wretched and miserable and depraved sinners and we need a savior and and paul's saying we you know if you know the law you know who you are yeah you know but i don't want you to live by something that's already defeated you you've already condemned i want you to live i i because you're called to freedom mm-hmm. you know you're called to freedom which in my i'll give you my definition of freedom my definition of freedom is not doing what i want to do it's doing what christ wants me Whatever God wants me to do, whatever God's word says, and I do it, I live in freedom. Uh, just take a look at those people who say, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, they're they're uh, miserable people. So I um, I heard a, a preacher one time. No, man, I ain't been a preacher now that I think about it. Maybe I just read it somewhere. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Talking about the uh, free will. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations concerning free will and and at what where does a sovereign God fit in in the idea of of man having free will and, and, and this really does tie in so stay with me. But what the what the person I was I think it was reading it said is it's not so much a freedom of choice as it is none of us live a life unbiased of or live an unbiased life. There's always bias in our decision-making. It's not uh, It's not a matter of do we make our own decisions or not. It's what is the influence of those. And we're never at a point in our life where we're, we lack any influence in our lives. We're either being influenced by our own flesh and desire or being influenced by the Father, right, by the Spirit of God. 
And so that is what is going to push us either direction that we go. And so in that freedom, you know, Paul's talking about living in freedom. It is the freedom is found in turning over our decision-making to the influence of God, right? To, to, to allow him to dictate our thoughts, our path, um, to dictate uh, the, the, the decisions we make and the choices, the directions we go. And so by doing that, we live in a freedom. It's not living, freedom isn't free of, it's free of bondage. It's not right, right, right. that we can do whatever we want to and not right. pay the consequences of it. Right. And so that's, that's what God freedom. offers yeah, us. Yeah. He offers us this, and, and it really goes back to the, to the garden when, when God told Adam and Eve, stay away from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The idea being that when we lean on God, God's the decision maker, right? We allow him to be God and, and tell us where to go, uh, at, at how our thoughts should work, the direction we should go in our life, because at that point, we don't have to worry about, we don't have to worry about the trouble that comes along with taking on the burden of being God. Mm. That is freedom. Right. It, well, I, I love the verse. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, and lean not unto your own understanding. In other words, don't rely on your own best thinking. Don't rely on what you think is best. Because, be, but, but in all your ways, acknowledge or submit. NIV says, submit to him, and he'll make your crooked path straight. He will direct your path. And, and I think we have the freedom to trust in the Lord as believers and not lean on to our you know, own understand our own best thinking. Uh, and so, and so in this passage, uh, go ahead, let me go ahead and read verse 14. Sure. It says, uh, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I just think that's, he, what he's saying is love supersedes law. In other words, the way I put it is if I love as Christ loves in me and through me as I love, I don't need to worry about the law because the law, the law isn't controlling me. The love of Christ is compelling me. The love of Christ is, is, um, is ruling and running my life, you know, and, and, uh, he, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, uh, that, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, we love ourselves an awful lot. And, uh, but we don't have the ability to love our neighbor as ourself unless we have this freedom, you know, that Christ gives us through salvation. Um, so, and then he, then he says, then he talks about in the next verse, he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. You know, if, if you kind of just live to yourself, you know, you're going to, you're gonna you're gonna devour one another. Left to ourselves, you know, um, we're pretty sad shape. Um, when we were in Ethiopia, one time we were going to visit this well. And have you ever seen dogs fight? A sure. dog fight. These there was just like four or five dogs that were just going at it, and people were scared because they thought, you know, if I get near these dogs, they're, they're you know I'm next on their agenda, you know, but. <laughs> But, uh, and that's what we do without Christ's love in our life. That's, if we try to live by the law, we'll probably be pretty miserable people. And we're probably not going to treat one another because we're just trying to keep 
A, B, C, D in order. But if we love God with all our heart, we have to worry about, you know, keeping the law because we're going to, as we will see in a little bit, we will produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So just real quick, let's let's kind of look at, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and let's let's look at the flow of what's happening in these verses right now. So just where we picked up, up to this point, Paul starts talking about how we're called to freedom— Right, we're not mm-hmm. we're not tied to the law. Being tied to the law is me trying to control, really, because God has said, "Here's here's how how separated we are without what Christ does," and then our response to that is to grab hold of that and try to fulfill it so that we're okay. But we can't. And that's like our natural. Let me be God, Adam and Eve. So then Paul says. God wants you into freedom. You've been called into freedom. So then that means let go of the law, but you don't grab hold of and control Christ. There is a letting go of the law and a surrendering to Christ. Okay? So then as you surrender to Christ, right, we're we're freedom from the flesh through, um, I'm sorry, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh because we're still moving away from the law. We're moving towards Christ. He says, but through love serve one another. And the whole law hangs on that. And when you look at that, actually, when you look at that in the Greek, what's pretty interesting is that it, it it's not even, it says that the whole law is in that, is in the logos, which I think is pretty interesting because when you read John chapter one, that's what John says. He says in the beginning was the logos and he's talking about Jesus. Now, not that, I mean, and as logos is used, it also means word, but it's more than just, a word that you know we say so what paul has told us is that moving from the law to christ in freedom it all hangs on jesus it hangs on the word that you should love your neighbor as yourself so without that word you can't love your neighbor as yourself because you don't love yourself properly Right, we live in a world that talks about self-love, 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 yeah, and the truth yeah. is, we have no idea how to love ourselves properly. Mm-hmm. We know how to be selfish. Yeah, we yeah. know how to go after everything that we want, but we have to be taught what it means to love. And so, what Paul's not saying here is he's not saying walk away from the law into this fake freedom of, well, I'm loving myself and then love other people like I love myself. Are you kidding me? The reason that the law had to come into play yeah. is because because we loved ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And so Paul certainly wouldn't tell us to love ourselves in the way that got us in the trouble anyway. Right. But we've got to learn how to love as God loves. See, then yes. when God teaches us his love, as we roll on through here to you shall love your neighbor as yourself, well, now we're talking about a whole different kind of love, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about love that only God can teach us. We're talking about agape love. Right. That's a superseding love. love. It's uh, this- a love that he inserts and implants within us, uh, which I think I think it's amazing. He's saying, don't, again, yeah, if, if you love yourselves the way you what got you in trouble, you're going to bite, you're going to hurt one another. Yep. You're going to destroy one another. Uh, Jared, you brought it up. That's a really good point. Uh, because I think it segues into the next few verses here that talk about then what do we do? How, what does it mean? What does it mean to love one another? 
what does it mean to be a, a have, be free in Christ? And then he, because he, he talks, he goes from the call of the believer to the walk of the believer. How do we live? You know, and most of us like to live by laws. Mm-hmm our own laws, you know, sure. in other words, we do it every day. I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, G, A, B, C, D, F, G, you know, whatever the alphabet all those, is. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm going to do all those things and therefore I'm doing great. And, and Paul says, no, he says, don't live by the law. He says, can I go ahead and read? Sure, sure. He says, but I say, walk by the spirit and what will happen? You won't, I'm going to paraphrase you won't fall into the 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 um, unhealthy self love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will oh, not right. gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are uh, and he clarifies. He makes this is pretty clear. He says he says uh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What does that mean? To keep me from doing the things I want to do? That means the things that I want to do that got me in the mess I'm in in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the place that God doesn't want you yeah, to be. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just, I think it's worth noting just in verse 15, and, and then we'll jump right back in, where, where he says, but if you bite and devour one another, that's not him giving you an okay. We like well, we like to read verse and say, oh well, it says, but if it happens, so it should be all right if it happens. No, he's saying no. This is what happens: is that you will devour one another. You will eventually right. consume right. one another. Don't stay in that place, right. right? And that's another one of those indicators. An indicator is saying, okay, clearly I'm not living in freedom. I'm not living loving my neighbor as myself as God has taught me to love. Mm-hmm. I'm still stuck in this. I'm in control. Yeah. Old law, kind of. Let's kind of let's kind of camp here for a minute. What I want to do is talk to you about talk to you about. This came to my mind because this is always uh, an area of conversation. You know that we have two natures as humans. We have the sinful nature, the nat- our natural selves, mm-hmm. and then if we're believers, we have been regenerated by what Christ has done for us on the cross, and we receive the new nature, okay? I used Sunday, I talked a little bit about the, you know, the, the angel. We used to watch cartoons. I don't know oh, if you yeah. ever saw it, but you had the demon on one side and the angel on the other side. And, and it always looked like the whoever they were sitting on, too. It was yeah. always like, if it was Donald Duck, yeah. it was like two Donald Ducks <laughs> yeah. and one was an angel, yeah. Yeah, and, and but to me, that's kind of, I want to be careful that I don't make absolute statements, and I've heard the, sta- the 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 illustration of the dogs, you know, that there's two dogs, you know, the one you feed is the one uh, is the one who wins the fight, kind of thing. But let's let's address for just a minute those two natures. Paul dealt with it in Romans seven. You know, he mm-hmm. says things that I that I should do, I don't do things I shouldn't do. I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. You know, I'm a mess. Yeah. And 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 we can relate to that because. We as believers have that same kind of battle. We have the battle of of the of the flesh that pulls us away, that 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 uh, draws us towards those things which are destructive. Left to ourselves, we are we are uh, drawn towards self destruction. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that old nature does that, but the new nature doesn't. The new nature draws us towards Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, you know? And, and so maybe you can, if, I, I don't mean to hit you on, you know, but what do you think about that, that, those, that battle that's within? I think one of the, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make whenever we consider the, the old person, the new person, the battle that takes place inside of us uh, between good and evil, the, right, so we, we talk about, you talk about the regeneration, we're dead in spirit, alive in soul, but dead in spirit, like we are still a person, even though we're dead in our spirit, but then our spirit comes alive, so there's this, this fight that Paul talks about that's going on inside of us. I think the biggest mistake we make is that we think, and, and, and I've heard the, the, the dog analogy before, and I think it's a good one to look at because I think it gives us a really clear picture of that mistake. We think that we're outside of the two dogs. Like, like there's a neutral. Mm-hmm. That there's the influence of God in my life, the power of the Spirit, and the power of evil. And I'm on the outside, and if I feed this one, if I read my Bible, if I uh, have a quiet time, if I you know do my devotionals, whatever, I'm feeding this one and not feeding this one, so it's going to be stronger. But the truth is, it's it's really flip flop that we're always in the middle of it. Mm. We're always in the middle of the the battle between the influence of God and the influence of of the flesh of. Satan, Satan, right? The world. How, how, yeah. yeah, the world. We can kind of lump all that together, and so we're never neutral. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where we find ourselves making a, a a detrimental, like horrible mistake because we get this idea that we're not we're not so bad off, mm-hmm. and that we can sit back and that we can look at situations and say. Well, you know, we, we lie to ourselves and say, well, this little bit here won't hurt, this little bit, right? Because we're looking at it uh, from this idea that we're on the outside looking in at a good and evil. But we're inside, we're, we're, we're actually the ones being fed by both of them. And it's really which one are we, are we, are we feeding to. from? Yeah, which right. voice am I listening to? Right. Now? So it's so I, and Paul's very clear that there was no middle ground. We're either enemies of God or we're sons. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there is no in between because mm-hmm. we were His enemy, and then He saves us. There's no we were His enemy, but now we're not. And then maybe someday He'll adopt us into His family. And so it really is that consistent, constant battle that we are immersed in between the good and the evil. So if I look at it from that standpoint, I have to realize that not it's not about me feeding anything. It's about what am I surrendering to? Mm. And that's the freedom that Paul just got done talking about, is that when I surrender to the freedom given by God, I'm, 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 I'm feeding from him. He is, he is my, my sustenance. He is my, he feeds my soul. He feeds my emotions. He feeds all of that to turn me towards him, to glorify him. And as I glorify him, there's so much of the world that I don't have to worry about. doesn't mean I'm not going to have pain or suffering or anything like that, but that's the whole idea of living in contentment and living in peace is because I'm feeding from the Father versus... And, and it could also be illustrated by voice. In other words, who am I listening to? Yeah. 
you know, uh, who we listen to is where we're heading. You know, if I'm listening to what I want to listen to, I'm going to go toward, we just move towards that. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm just, maybe another illustration is what voice am I listening to? What picture am I looking at? You know, uh, where, where are my eyes going? Where are my ears going? Where's my heart going? With the understanding that I'm never ever in a position where I'm not listening and I'm not seeing something. That's the importance, right? Right. It's always, there's always, I'm always hearing something or I'm always seeing something in that analogy. So as a believer wrestling with these, and Paul talks about it in Romans 7, it's a real Mm -hmm. struggle that not only he dealt with, but you deal with and Mm -hmm. I deal with, and, and our listeners are dealing with. Certainly. So, and so what they're asking, I'm going to ask what they're asking. What do I do? You know, mm-hmm. h- how do I silence the one voice? It's hard. You know, it really is. It's hard. Really what do I do with that? Yeah. And so the, what's the, the answer? news is, well, <laughs> well, it is hard. <laughs> okay, let's move on. No, I just <laughs> No, it is hard. And, the, and and what you're saying is, is it's not, you know, it's not like we do A, B, and C, D, and then we're okay. Right. It's not that. It's a constant listening to the voice of God. It's a constant feeding on God's word and, and listening for his direction. And sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I know you do too. We all do. We, we fall back and we yep. listen to the wrong voice. Yep. And so, um, so I think that's what he's, he's talking about this battle that we go through and, and, so, and, and the Galatian, those infiltrating the church were saying, you know, you got to get your life right before you come to Christ. Well, the idea of coming to Christ is my life isn't right, and I can't make it right, and I need right. him to make it right. Yeah, so. to do the thing I cannot do myself. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Wait, now that we've confused everybody, listen, sure. you want to move on? <laughs> like, I didn't even—are we still reading the Bible? I mean, are we still well, there? We're, we're here. We're talking—what <laughs> we're, we're talking about is verse 17 where he says, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. Right. I mean, he's not saying anything we don't know. Right. Desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Desires of the spirit against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want. You really want to do. You know, follow Christ. Then he goes and says, "But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That means we don't. I, I, the way I interpret that is, we don't have to worry about the laws." If we're, if we're following Jesus Christ fully, if we're fully devoted to Christ and we're listening to his voice, you know, we're not going to have to worry about which commandment are we violating because we're not going to be thinking in that. It's, it's kind of like in, in my marriage, you know, uh, I don't have to keep certain things for my wife to love me. I, I love her first. And those things that I should be doing and just kind of happen because it's motivated and, and directed by love, my love for her. Same with Christ, our love for Christ, the, Christ, the love that he implants within us at salvation. When we live to that, when we say, God, I just want to love you. I just want to know more about you. I just want to read your word. I just want to, you know, uh, help people who are hurting. I just want to, I just want my life to be about your love. I don't have to worry about the law. And I want to uh, point that, out yeah. that, and we, when I talk about the letters, and I know you, you do as well, is that it's important to remember 
that uh, as the Galatian church is getting this letter, as it's um, as it's circulating, they don't have chapters and verses. So it's important right. to understand that this is one letter flowing with one message. I, I mean, there's different... It's one message with different right. topics right. that are not topics, but kind of points that he'll make, mm -hmm. but they're all going to tie together. It's not all, all chopped up. So when he starts talking about if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He just got done telling us what it looks like to be under the law. And he also mm -hmm. just talked about the whole loving your neighbor as yourself mm -hmm. as being led by the spirit. He talked about that when you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh because you're loving your neighbor as yourself, as God has taught you, right? So so there's this, this flow of here's what you see when you walk with the Lord. Here's what you see when you don't. You're going to experience the 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 biting and the devouring. You're gonna these are the things you experience when you do not walk in the spirit. But then uh, he even gets a little more detailed on what that looks like when you're not walking in the well, spirit. He's getting ready to, yeah. It seems like he repeats that over and over. He's trying to you're right. He's trying to bring this main point. Because you're free in Christ, you walk by the Spirit. And when you walk by the Spirit, here's what you produce. But if you don't if you live by your own flesh, if you uh, decide to walk your own way, in just a moment we're going to read the evidence or the works of the flesh. And so this is a pretty cool chapter because first he addresses the Judaizers and he says, you know, you're, you're being, the King James turns back in chapter three, I think he says, you're being bewitched. Yeah. You're being, you're being deceived. And he bamboozled. says, bamboozled. Yeah, yeah, bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't write Bibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that what you would have said? <laughs> You're being hoodwinked. <laughs> yeah, okay. But then he goes, but, 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 and now, the, in fact, through the rest of the chapter, he begins to let them know, okay, if you decide to do your own thing, here's what you get. If you decide to be led by the Spirit, live in your freedom, and allow the Spirit to, to, to work in and through you, here's what you, here's what he produces in you. So we we may want to go there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead and read it. Do you, do you have it there? Uh, I do. Starting with verse 19. Sure thing. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Does that mean if we do those that I was we can't go to heaven? Same thing. <laughs> no, and that's, and that's an interesting, uh, because that's what he's saying here. Here's the evidence. Here's the evidence of living a life in the flesh. In fact, he uses this in Romans 2, and I'd have to look at the text, but he says in, no, 1 Corinthians, not Romans, but I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, where he says, where he says the same kind of thing, uh, these kind yep. of acts do not inherit, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, but such were some yep. of you, but now you're washed and you're cleansed by the blood of Christ, that kind of thing. So, well, in... in <sighs> Not that I want to sit and talk about these with my dad a whole lot. Uh, but I, I do, hope you don't want to talk about anybody. Uh, it, well, yeah, true. I get that. Man. 
<laughs> what I'd like but, you to do now, if you don't mind, is just go through each one yeah. and, and tell us what it means. Sure, no. sure. <laughs> with, with, no, but but I do want to say this, is that we look at these, and and so it's easy for us in our mind, again, going back to the, the law mentality, going back to the having control um, over over whatever, right? That's we have this desire to be to be God. In all of these, we can look at some of these because they're they're pretty um they're pretty fringe excessive. They're pretty outside of the norm. Um most people don't live in in these types of lifestyles uh, specifically for an extended period of time. It just it's not the norm. And it's easy for us to look at us and say, well, oh, those are those are horrible. But I think it's important to point out that in this list, nobody wakes up one morning and just says, I'm, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. Nobody wakes up one morning uh, out of uh, just everything's, you know, fine and peachy keen. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to get into sorcery today. There's a process. Mm-hmm. There's a process that everybody follows to fall in this type of a lifestyle. There's there is a sin process that takes place, and that's one of the conversations that I've had before. Is you know we're all everybody's so quick to um, be judge, jury, executioner of those that are you know like sexual predators and things of that nature. And let me say with crystal clarity, that's horrible. It is horrible. And anybody that's ever had to experience the result of someone's decision to be that. I mean, that's horrible. So I'm not belittling it at all when I say this, but they didn't wake up that morning or wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a rapist or I'm going to be a child molester. There's a process that's taken place. And that's what Paul's showing us. He's showing us the extent of the flesh and the father, the extent of listening to the voice of God versus the voice of myself, of Satan, of the world. Here's where it leads. Here's where the voice of God leads when we follow the Spirit. James 1.15, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. These are all things, I say, this is just my thought of death. You know, mm-hmm. you, you reach this to the... You're 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 dead in many area in most every area of your life. You know, emotionally, relationally. Yeah. You know. And, oh my goodness. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So spiritually, um, spiritually like it's all it's yeah, all it's all here. This this creates when lust is conceived to bring forth sin. Sin when it's finished, it brings forth death. And here's a picture of different areas of death, and the yeah. person who is um, living out the in, living their lives in the flesh. And then it goes on to something good. I like this part. I'll go ahead and I'll let you read that. I'll read this. Um, he says this, but the fruit, the produce, produce, mm-hmm. what, what the Spirit produces, I like this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Anybody need some patience? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You ever want to give up and stop? Gentleness, self-control against, and he goes back to the law. He says, against things, there is no law. You have to, if, if this is being produced in your life, don't worry about the law. Yeah. Yeah. 
and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But I love that. I love the fact that the that if we want joy in our lives, it has to be produced by God's Spirit in us. And I and, and Sunday I went back to John chapter 15, where he talks about being engrafted in, in the, the vine, vine. Yeah. And when you're engrafted in the vine, you will bear much fruit. And a, and a lot of times, you know, when people say that, they, they say, well, that means you'll bring a lot of people to Christ. And here's, here's my, my argument on that. The, the work of salvation is Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not me. You know, I, I can be used by God to maybe share Christ. But the fruit of the Spirit is is outlined here. All of these things and what they are are characteristics of Jesus Christ. And so, in essence, when I allow God's Spirit to, to live and produce His fruit in me, who do I look like? I look like Jesus Christ. And that's what this is about. Uh, it's not about how many, you know, because some people, you know, they'll bear fruit and they'll, they'll win a thousand and some will win a hundred. And I don't think that's what it's talking. Mm. I think we, we will be used by God in his harvest to do what he wants, because we always need to remember, I don't save a soul. Right. I never have. I had one guy come to me one time and said, I was, I was his savior. And I said, you're in bad shape. <laughs> you know, you'll be at hell's door here pretty soon because yeah. I'm not a savior. Only Christ can save. And, and I think in the church today, I think there's, there's too much ego mm. where people think that it's their sermon or their song or their word that saves the, the wretched soul. I can't save anybody. I don't have enough good words. Yeah. You know, only one that can save a lost soul is Christ. Well, and and I'd like to add that is, I think it's sometimes even with the best intentions due to a misunderstanding of how salvation works. Yeah. That that we we th- we think because God calls it called us to share the gospel that that we have a say in whether or not they receive it. And that's not true. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not true. As a matter of fact, what I really like about the John 15 and, and Jim and I on our pay, uh, podcast, the Faith Core podcast, you can find us at F-A-I-T-H-X-C-O-R-E.com, talked about... <laughs> Nobody's making money. so. Um, but no, we talked about in John 15 and how how if you think about a branch and you think about a vine and... and to me, this is it, when you stop and think about it. It's really fascinating. So, when you think about the branch and the vine, um, Christ says, "I am the branch." Right? You are the vine. It's an extension of the branch. But have you ever noticed that the bark's the same? Like the cover's the same from the branch to the vine, and that the nutrients from the branch go through the inside of the vine. So the vine is not of itself. It is actually an extension of of the branch it's fed by the branch it's covered by the branch it's an extension of the branch mm-hmm. there's nothing extra special about that vine so then what happens is everything that produces the fruit at the end of that vine comes from that branch and all the vine gets to do 
is it's lucky enough to be a part of presenting the fruit. That's it. The vine didn't make the fruit, but it gets to present it. Not because it's a great vine, not because it's awesome or the coolest vine ever, or the branch couldn't live without that vine. Mm-hmm. No. It, the vine is the extension of the branch, but it's the branch that's doing the producing of the fruit. And the vine just gets to hold it out for others to see, partake of, whatever the case may be. But it's all about the branch. Well, the vine, I've heard also say that the vine is like the tree trunk. Another translation could be the trunk. It is this, of course, Christ is the vine. He is right. the source. Yeah, I the think source. I got that backwards. Yeah, well, I, I, you, you had me confused there a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, it is the I'm the source. vine, you're the branch, yeah. And the, and the branch, you know, the vine says produces everything. Mm-hmm. And we use the term vine, but actually it's like a trunk. The trunk, the 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 foundation of the of the tree, if you please, or the bush, or whatever it is, right? You know, and it produces, it produces. Uh, we produce only what Christ produces in and through us, so that no one can brag or right. boast, you know, and say, "Look what I did." You know, I had nine hundred fifty thousand people saved, and I didn't have anybody saved. I just get to be a part of God's. I get to be that branch that bears the fruit, you know, and not necessarily those fruit of people, but the fruit of God's, mm-hmm. you know, of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit working in us. Well, and then even to talk more about the saving, the saving power of God and our lack in it, I think it's interesting that one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness, being faithful, full of faith, walking it out. The Spirit produces that. Right, right. So again, there's another one of those, uh, when you consider the law and you consider walking in the Spirit, the law requires no faith. Because right. it doesn't save anything. Like right. you said earlier, right. the, the law requires no faith. But when we walk in the Spirit, we are full of faith. Not because we're walking in the Spirit, but because the Spirit is the one who fills us with faith. Mm-hmm. So, so not only do we not save ourselves, God saves us, and then he allows us to walk in this trust and, and, and belief and desire for him that he gives us because we can't conjure that on our own. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's mind-blowing. So, Because we can look at these and we can say, and I think we as believers do this often, and here's that tied to the law, is we say, okay, well, if, if you know, uh, peace, patience, joy, love, kindness, all of that is fruit of the Spirit, so then I've got to do these. So then I try to make myself be patient, and yeah. I try to make myself be be uh, kind, and I try to make myself be loving and joyful, and it's hard work. Well, because it's not supposed to be work. It's supposed to be the product of Christ in you. So we can look at this and say, if I don't see this in my life, I'm not supposed to start doing it. It's I'm not walking in the Spirit. It's one of those indicators, one of those like dashboard lights in your mm-hmm. car that's saying, hey, mm-hmm. um, something's off here. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that the things, the things in life that are really worthwhile, are given to us through Christ, through His Spirit, yeah. that, given that given to us, right? It's produced in and through us. We don't do it. In fact, all you gotta do is read a few verses back and read that again. If you, I'm not telling you to read it again, but but read it, read that part where well, here's what we produce. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the, the evidence of the flesh, the works of the flesh, you know, are, you know, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like, and, and not, these aren't all. Yeah. In other words, and there's a says, lot like it. <laughs> there's more like this. And, and he says, though, that's not those people who are my followers do not live that way. Now, does that mean Jared, if somebody is a believer, they can't fall into that? Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> Guess you are a, a yeah. fire brimstone. Yeah. Brand. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. No. It, it, what it means is that is that's the kind of life a person lives, who leans on his own understanding. But this is the kind of life. The fruit of the spirit is the kind of life of the person who trusts in the Lord with all his heart. And. Uh, and and I don't know about you. I look at this and I I, I see all the pain and the hurt in the world today. Uh, I want peace. My dad, when I was younger, used to say, "I just he he says I just want some peace of mind," you know. And we all do that because yeah. because we get caught up in this other side. And and so when we look at patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. These are things that God, that only God's spirit can produce in and through us. So, And I just want to make one more comment on what we'll call the bad list. Is that, you know, we look at that and, and we do this with the Bible and it's human nature. I know I'm, I'm horrible with it. And uh, we look at lists like that and we immediately go to the most vile things that we think of, we can think of. And then we say, well, I'm not doing that. Right, right. Because again, it's the wrong perspective. It's not about doing this or not doing this. It's about when I walk in the flesh, this is what it's going to produce. When I walk in spirit, this is what it's going to produce. So even if I'm living a life where I'm saying, I'm not going to do that, which is the worst thing I can think of. I'm not that bad. But, yeah. but you know, we... And I'll say we will stand in, in, in our church services on a Sunday and be guilty of many of these, but not take it seriously because we're not doing what we see. Now, I mean, some of them are just very clear. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that is what it is. But when we start looking at things like um, idolatry and, and what that means, and, and while, while we, may, we may come to church and we hear idolatry and we think, well, I'm not bowing down to anything else. I'm not serving anything else. But, I mean, you've said it a bunch of times, you know, you know, you show me your, well, it used to be checkbook, but you pull up your bank account online, and I can tell you where your heart is. I can tell you what's most important in your life. Your treasure is, your heart will be also. So, but the same approach to things like um, fits of anger, dissensions, divisions, envy, you know, it. these are things that don't have to be, again— the biggest idolater in the world, whatever that means, didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to be the biggest idolater in the world. So there's this this falling into it, well, stepping into it, because I'm willing to believe that as long as I'm not doing the fringe, I'm okay. Mm. 
And Paul, again, is saying that perspective is, your perspective is way off. It's not about do this, don't do this. That's why I talk about the law. That's why I'm getting so graphic about the law, saying if this is, you know, no, don't listen to the people that are teaching you that this is the way to live, because that's not what the law was for. Live in the freedom that, that Christ gives. This is what you'll see. You can't, we're not good. So we can't look at something like this and make this, this statement of, I'm not doing that, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. because we are not good. Mm-hmm. He says, that's, that's not for you to sit back and judge. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble, was mm-hmm. wanting to take on the mind of God and mm-hmm. or the responsibility of God and not having the mind of God right. to do it. Right. So I guess that the, the, the challenge, or not the challenge, but the, the cry of Paul here is to say, okay, so all of these things you don't get war- wrapped up in, because it all starts with, who are you following? Who are you surrendering to? Who are you listening to? And um, and so I think it's important to to note that to 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 really um, mark that for for anybody that may be listening or having these kinds of conversations as well. That as soon as we start to have a conversation of I'm not that bad, mm-hmm. uh, well I'm not that, mm-hmm. you know. At least I'm not. Uh, Fill in the blank. Yeah, you know, the the Pharisee, well, at least I'm not this guy over here, right? Right, right. Um, But but still, I mean, even with the best intentions, right? Because, again, we can look at pictures, and we always go to the extreme. But let's let's be honest with ourselves and look at where where are we really? Is there there something in my life that I'm looking at going, well, at least I'm not that person? Because I know this. I, I don't know if it's the way I'm wired. I don't know if it's my sin nature. I don't know what. But man, I can get worked up about stuff that I am currently not dealing with. Yeah. It's easy yeah. for me to do that. It's easy for me to find something that I know is wrong that I am currently not dealing with and just right. So easy. Yeah. Um but I think like the kind of the message that Paul has given here is wait a minute. The fact that I'm being judgmental at all and being able to look at something and say at least I'm not that. I'm not, produ- I'm not showing the fruits of the Spirit in my life, right? So there's that indicator that I'm not walking in the Spirit like I need to be. So instead of sitting here saying, well, I'm not that, I need to say, well, no, I'm, I'm not showing the fruits of the Spirit, and that's where I need to go. That's where I need to I go. I need to go back. And that's the power of the church. And that's what I was trying to bring home to, uh, to our church, to say, wait a minute. You know, I, I, you know when we talk about church membership, you know, it gets so, uh, sometimes it's political. I be, I'm a member, you know, because I do A, B, C, and D. No, church membership, being a member of the body of Christ is what we're talking about today. And we have to ask our question, you know, not, I hear people say, I, I don't do enough, you know, and I don't think that's the right question. I think the right question is, am I allowing the spirit of God to produce his fruit in me? Or am I allowing some of these acts of the flesh to drive my spiritual walk? Uh, oh, that's a fair question. And, yeah, and, you know, because we, we, you know, whenever we try to allow the works of the flesh to drive us spiritually, we're done. Mm. You know, we have to. I and that's my prayer for for Southeast Community Church. My prayer is that we become a people who are so wrapped up in our call for freedom, the freedom God gives us, that we use it to love one another, 
that we walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, we do not, we are not controlled, we are not controlled or we are not directed by the, the, the flesh or the world around us, which is very strong, but we are led by the Spirit of God. And as a result, the Spirit of God is producing with, with great freedom the fruit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these things against, against such, <laughs> there is no law. And, uh, and if we live, I love this verse. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So, we, so if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. That's what he's saying. Let's, let's stay in the Spirit. Let's, we do have a choice. We don't have, and God gives us this choice. We don't have the choice on our own. We, we don't just have the choice to follow Christ. God gives us the ability to have the choice yeah. to follow Christ. And so he says, if we're going to live in the Spirit, and he's, of course, referring to these Judaizers. He says, that let's not walk in the law. Let's walk in the spirit of life. And then we'll produce the fruit of the spirit. Well, what do done? you think? <laughs> I think we can go ahead and call it an evening. Yeah. Well, Jared, why don't you close us in a word of prayer? Certainly. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity that we have to uh, to read your word, to know your heart. And God, uh, your, your word has made clear to us, even in our discussions tonight, that we have done absolutely nothing to, to deserve your grace or your mercy, which mm. I guess is why it's grace and mercy. Mm. As a matter of fact, we've done everything in our power to deserve otherwise. God, we have been your enemy. We have turned our back on you. We have cursed you. We have uh, we have shown uh, hatred towards you in our hearts, in our actions, and yet you loved us anyway. God, we want to thank you for saving us, for choosing to bring us from death to life, to grow us, to uh, to to fill us with the fruits of your Spirit, God, to change us into that new creation that brings you glory, God. So we ask that through our conversations as we continue to talk about your word, that you continue to grow us and mold us um, so that we may glorify you more, God. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and to discuss your word and to share your heart with each other. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My goal is that as we talk through this, that people will just begin to read this, apply, allow this to be applied in their hearts and lives. And I know we're going to see the, we'll see the fruit uh, that will be hanging from their lives. So thank you again for hanging out with us and being a part of this conversation. We hope that uh, it allows you to engage in conversations yourself, to engage, um, engage in conversations with other people concerning the Word of God, because we have seen that when people take the time to talk about the Word of God, God shows up and He does powerful things in our lives. So thank you for listening to or watching the uh, Unveiling the Scriptures podcast.